If you have your Bibles this morning, I have a very tender subject on my hand, found on my heart, found and at my hands to preach, found in the book of Genesis chapter 19. The book of Genesis chapter number 19. If you know your Bible, this is a tough subject. Genesis chapter 19. I'll ask you if you would please stand this morning. We're going to begin reading in verse number 15. Genesis 19 and verse number 15. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful. There's your first appearance of mercy. The Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad and he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight. And thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. I'll stop reading right there. There's a little phrase found in verse 19. Did you see it? Thou hast magnified thy mercy. I feel like the Lord would have us preach this morning on mercy magnified. Mercy Magnified. To magnify something is to take something and to make it even bigger. How do we take the mercy of Almighty God and make it even bigger than it is? It's an impossible task that I have been assigned today. So if you'll just bear with me as we have Bible 101. Father, it's a tender matter. And Lord, I pray that you would touch us this morning. God, it'll be sensitive to hearts. God, it's a touchy subject. But God, we must have your help your guidance. Lord, would you open your book and give us revelation. God, would you give us guidance, direct assistance and instruction. And God, therefore, having received the instruction of God, Lord, would you help us to respond? Would you help us to take heed? Would you help us to learn, to lean, and to love you? Father, we need you now. Fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit to preach your word. And magnify your mercy for us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I thank you for standing this morning. You may be seated. I just want to go ahead and skip the introduction and just start. When I compare Genesis chapter 18 to Genesis chapter 19, I see, number one, an intimate relationship. And I want us to talk in the book of Genesis 18, you see the Lord dealing with Abraham. And Genesis chapter 19, you see the Lord dealing with Abraham's nephew, Lot. Let's do a little contrast here real quick. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 1, and the Lord appeared unto him, speaking of Abraham, in the plains of Mamre. And he, sit, and he sat at, in the tent door in the heat of the day. 
And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Here's the Lord in the form of men come to the very tent where Abraham was sitting in his ripe old age of a hundred years old and the Lord came and visited him in the heat of the day. When I compare and contrast Genesis 19, there came two angels to Sodom at even and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom and Lot seeing them rose up to meet them and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground and he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night, wash your feet, you shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night and he pressed upon them greatly and we, we know that finally they turned into where he was. Do you see the contrast? Abraham was sitting in the heat of the day in his tent and Lot was sitting by the gate. That means he's a politician. He's a leader in the city of Sodom. Abraham saw the Lord and the form of three men approaching. Lot saw the Lord in the form of two angels approaching. I want us to drive from this thought. When the Lord came to Abraham, he tells Abraham in verse 10 of Genesis 18, you and your wife, you've been trying all these years, I promised you a child, and you all are gonna be blessed with a son. And in verse number 16 of this chapter, Genesis 18, and the men arose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it which has come upon me which is come unto me and if not I will know and the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom the Lord is going to disclose to Abraham what he's going to do to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah the intimate relationship is found in verse 19 God said of Abraham, for I know him. That means that Abraham has rendered his knee to the Lord God Almighty. That means that Abraham has placed his faith in God 
and Abraham is considered to be a righteous man. In fact, the book of James chapter two and verse 23 says that Abraham was the friend of God. Did you know that three times in your Bible, Abraham is called the, and I quote, the friend of God. I would remind you this morning, Jesus said in the book of John chapter 15, verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. He said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, but I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard of my Father have I made known unto you. The Bible teaches that Abraham was a righteous man. Did you know the Bible teaches that Lot was a righteous man? But what's the difference here? Abraham's walking with God and Lot chose to look and to lean and then to love a place called Sodom. And he became a leader there, an elected official, a politician, one who's in authority in that place. The Bible says Abraham was the friend of God. Lot was the friend of the world. I'm warning a Christian today. The Bible says, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Let's contrast the difference here. Abraham walked with God. Lot walked away from God. Abraham benefited from being in God's will. Lot suffered consequences for being out of God's will. I just want to say, intimate relationship, I had rather be a friend of God than a friend of this world. Number two, he is instructed in righteousness. There's no doubt that Abraham walked with God. And Abraham was not enticed He was not lured. He was not deceived. He was not influenced by the world. He was not separated by sin. He had been a man who faithfully built altars and he practiced worshiping God there. He's a man who faithfully lived a godly life and he's raising his children in the ways of the Lord. God wanted Abraham to know that he's going to Sodom. He said, I'm not going to hide it from Abraham. He's my friend. I'm going to tell Abraham what I'm going to do. I'm going to Sodom and Gomorrah and I'm going to inspect the cities. I'm going to investigate what's going on. Not as if God didn't know, but that every man would know God himself visited that city and they would be without excuse. Abraham knew when the Lord turned away from him to go towards Sodom, Abraham knew what that meant. You remember Abraham? Abraham, the man of God, he remembers the time that the Lord came down to a city and a tower called Babel. And what God did there was destroy the work of man. And he allowed them to not be able to communicate to each other. And Abraham knows by the Lord's visitation that no doubt 
He's going to find Sodom in sin and therefore he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. His concern is that the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, verse 20, is very great and their sin is grievous and he knows he has family living in the world. And Abraham thirdly practices intercessory resolve. Number three, intercessory resolve. Look at verse 22. When the Lord turned to go towards Sodom, Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Knowing his family is in Sodom and Gomorrah, knowing they're facing grave danger, Abraham begins to intercede on their behalf. He recognized their need. My Bible says that Abraham, verse 23, he drew near. Abraham drew near to the Lord and began to pray to the Lord on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah and his nephew Lot's family. He began to ask the Lord, Preventure, Lord, if there be 50 righteous, would you spare Sodom and Gomorrah for 50? I mean, you're going to destroy them all, righteous and wicked, but what if 50 people there are saved and righteous and living for God? Would you spare it? That great city? Those great cities, God said, I'll spare it for 50. Oh, Lord, thank you, Lord. God, I know you're a great God. Would you spare it for 45? He says in verse 25, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Verse 27, Lord, I've taken upon me to speak to, to the Lord and I'm just dust and ashes. Would you spare it for 45? God said, I'll spare it. Oh, Lord, what a blessing. Would you spare it for 40? Yes. Lord, would you spare it for 30? Yes. Lord, would you spare it for 20? Yes. Lord, would you spare it for 10? Yes. Do you hear him interceding with God? Why did he stop at 10? Well, there's Lot. There's Lot's wife. There's Lot's two daughters. The Bible says he has sons-in-law. He has daughters that would be married to sons-in-law and he has two sons, sons plural. He has 10 in the family and Abraham believes if I've prayed and asked God to spare for 10, surely in that great city of Sodom as Lot is sitting in the gate, surely he's taught his family about the Lord. Surely they're still walking with the Lord and they're not separated by sin. They're not scarred and influenced by the world and Lot is sitting in the gate and Abraham is praying for him and in verse 33 of chapter 18 Abraham returned unto his place the Bible says in 1st Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 I exhort you therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. Intercession is specifically praying on behalf of someone else. When they don't have the strength to pray or the spiritual sense to pray, you pray for them. You have made a decision to pray on their behalf. You, like Abraham, are standing 
before the Lord. You, like Abraham, are standing between them and the judgment of God. You may be standing in the place of a family member. You may be standing in the place of a nation. You may be standing in the place of a church. I believe God is challenging someone today to intercede for someone that you love because the judgment of God is ready to sweep and is ready to fall. I would remind you when Moses was up on the mountain receiving the law of God, God said, get you down. There's a sound of the noise of war amongst the people. I'm talking about the children of God, those that were set free, those that were redeemed. When Moses came down, they were worshiping golden calves. And what did Moses do? According to the Psalms, Moses prayed and made intercession for them. I can tell you about a man of God by the name of Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 23, he said, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Daniel interceded for Israel in Daniel chapter 9. Jeremiah interceded for Israel. Hey, and God told him to even quit praying, and he prayed anyway. And the greatest intercessor is the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I pray for them. I don't pray for the world, but I pray for them that thou hast given me, for they are thine. Jesus, he ever liveth to make intercession for us, and he sits on the right hand of Almighty God. What happens when we intercede? Fourthly, there is an inevitable reward. Abraham prayed his heart out and we should pray into all, until all of our cares are cast upon the Lord. Would you turn with me in Genesis chapter 19 and read with me in verse 27. I want to talk real quickly about Lot's companion. He has a special companion. Someone who's standing before God. Someone who's praying for him. Someone who's weeping and crying their way to God trying to intercede for someone they love. In verse number 27, Abraham got up early. Are you there? Genesis 19, 27. Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the plain of the land and beheld and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. Can you just see Abraham as he excitedly, he's been praying, he's, he sought God's face, he's interceded and, and he comes to stand before God. And he says, oh, let me look out. As he looks, he sees the smoke of Sodom and Gomorrah, the destruction. God destroyed those cities because of pride. Pride. The, listen, the pride of sin is killing our churches. It's killing our nation. We used to be ashamed of sin. We used to try to hide sin. And now we want to parade sin. Pride is killing our country. And as Abraham looks and he sees the smoke, in his heart he knows, uh-oh, 
God did not find ten righteous in all of Sodom and Gomorrah. And his heart is broken and he's crushed. I just want to say that I appreciate people who have been a special companion to me. I think about my mom and my dad. I think about my wife. I think about my children. I think about my grandparents. I think about my preacher. I think about my pastors. I, I think about men of God that the Lord has placed in my life that have been special companions. I think about people like you. There have been times that you have prayed for your pastor. Oh, and how I appreciate it so much. I'm telling you today, you've got a young'un. You've got a family member. You've got a... They somebody special in your heart and they've, they're not walking with God. They used to, but they've walked away from God. They, they used to sit there and look for the Lord and when the Lord come around, they'd get up and run to meet Him. But now they're sitting in a place of authority. They're sitting there in pride and they're happy with their actions and they're trying to reason and justify their actions. Honey, I will tell you something. You have all the reasons in the world, but until there's genuine, old-fashioned repentance, there'll be no help. Now the Bible says not only a special companion, but look with me in verse number 28. He looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah. He saw smoke. Verse 29, it came to pass, look at this, it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. Here's what happened. Not only a special companion, but God sent a saving commission. That morning, when Abraham went to stand before God and all he saw was smoke, before Abraham ever got there, God was on the scene and he sent a special saving commission up to Sodom and Gomorrah. And my Bible says, turn with me back, the Bible says in verse 15, when the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take your wife, your daughters that are here, lest you're consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered. You remember when the men came to visit Abraham? Abraham went with them. Abraham was lingering with God. That's when God told him what he was going to do. I'm, I'm talking about someone they're not lingering with God. They're lingering in sin. Lot is lingering. He's not wanting to leave. Look with me. While he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, upon the hand of his wife, upon the hand of his daughters, the Lord being, what's our word? Merciful. Though Lot has made wrong choices. In the text, I've read it 10 times. I cannot see where Lot ever one time prayed for mercy. I cannot see one time where Lot begged God for forgiveness. I cannot see one time where Lot repented. But Abraham's prayer sent a saving commission from God Almighty in his mercy 
to lay hold upon Lot who's made wrong choices, wrong decisions, and is lingering in sin, and God gets a hold of him and drags him and pulls he, his wife, and his two girls out of that city. And God said, verse 17, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in the plain. Escape thou to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. God gave him a direct mandate of what he was supposed to do. He's supposed to escape and get away from sin. Some of us and some of our families, we've made the decision we can play with sin. We can justify sin. We can reason with sin. We can get by with sin. God says get as far away from it as you can. You know what's happening in our churches? There used to be a separation from sin. Amen? But now, what we used to abandon, what we used to wouldn't do, now we call it Christianity. And I'm telling you, it's a scary thought where we are in our nation today. And many Christians, hear me, many Christians, you know why you're enticed and allured to go back to the world? Because you never got far enough away from it to start with. There was a lady who needed someone to drive her carriage and she said, I'm looking for the best driver. And one of the men, there's three people showed up and one of them said, listen man, when you go around that curve over that ravine right there, I'm such a good driver, I can keep three wheels on the road and hang one over the ravine and you won't even fall. I'm that good a driver. She said, that's impressive. Another man said, that's nothing. He said, I guarantee I can swing two wheels over that ravine and the other two on the road and you'll still be just as safe, even safer. And she said, wow, that is very impressive. The third driver said, well, bless God, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not getting any one of my four wheels near that ravine. I'm going to hug them up as close to the mountain as I can get so I keep myself in safety and all those that's with me will, will be safe. She said, you're the one hired. I don't want to take no chances. I don't want to take no risks. We don't need to be hanging out over the ravine. We need to be hugged up to the mountain. God said, you get to the mountain, you escape the world. Are you hearing me? Read with me. Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Listen to him begin his intellectual reasoning. Come here, I want to tell you something. You think you're going to reason your little schemes and your little plans with Almighty God? You're going to tell God this is 2021 and that's going to impress him? You're going to tell him you've come up with a new deal and a new plan and you've spotted some loopholes in the scripture? Honey, your plan is not going to hold water. God said escape for your life and don't look back. I'm only letting you go because somebody is praying for you. Unto God, I don't know. The night I got saved, I called my grandma when I got home. And I said, Grandma, she's 60 miles away. I said, Grandma, I got something to tell you. I said, guess what happened to me tonight? She said, you got saved. I said, she stole my thunder. How'd you know? She said, honey, this is how she knew. She said, I was praying for you. And the Lord come by tonight, me and him had church. And he's, 
You see what she's doing? She is interceding for a grandchild who is playing with sin. She is interceding, making sure that my, her grandson was gonna be all right. Lord God, give us somebody in the house of God that would intercede for family, intercede for friends, intercede for loved ones. It will make an inevitable difference in their lives. Listen, Lot, listen now. He says, behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight. Oh, yeah. He said, I know I'm only getting out of here because of the grace of God. He says, thou hast magnified thy mercy. He says, you're talking about guilty. I'm guilty. Our family's in sin. It's all true. I've tried to talk to my sons-in-law. I've tried to talk to my girls that's married. They wouldn't hear me. They said, oh, Daddy, get off that old-fashioned religious stuff. You've made laws. You're just like the rest of us. They wouldn't listen to him. And now he's paying for it. He says, Lord, it's your grace. It's your mercy being magnified that has saved my life. He says, I can't let some evil take me and I die. Behold now, the city is near to flee unto and it's a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? You see what he's doing? He's trying to compromise the plan of God. God said, get to the mountain. He says, oh, let me just go to the city. Finally, God says, all right, you can go to the city of Zoar. Look with me. Verse 22, haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou come thither. Thou be come thither. Do you see that? I'm telling you, the judgment of God's not going to fall till God takes the church home. Tribulation will begin when God takes the church home. There's a picture of it right there. He said, I'm not going to do a thing while you're here, but when you're gone, kaboom. Look with me. Oh, boy. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. Help me, Jesus. Look here. Look, look at verse 23. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Back in Sodom and Gomorrah, he was in darkness. But now that he's obeyed God, well, partially, as he's obeyed God, the sun's come up. Oh my, then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. He overthrew the cities and the plains. Verse 26, but his wife looked back from behind him. God said, don't look back. Oh, what was it she missed? She missed her little home that was so beautifully decorated. She, she missed her little bridge club she used to play cards in. She missed her little toddy of alcohol from her refrigerator so she wasn't allowed to have anymore. And all the little things, you know, the, the, the little things that you do in the world that amuses you and entertains you and, and keeps you dramatically challenged. She looked back long and forward and when she did, God smote her and turned her into a pillar of salt. And she is a testimony to this generation. You go through that area, there are pillars of salt. She is a testimony to this generation that you'll not serve God and live in sin. God rendered her useless and he completely stopped her in her tracks. I'm telling you, as God is my witness, God's mercy is something to shout about and to praise him for for all of eternity. And God in his mercy, he has saved you and he has rescued you and he has done great and mighty works in your life. And you've leaned and looked and loved the world. And now you're in that worldly place. You've adopted these worldly lifestyles. 
and you wonder where the blessings of God left you. They didn't leave you, you left them. I'm just challenged today. If someone is depending on me to intercede for them, What's going to happen? Can you hear Abraham as he's crying out? Can you hear that sainted mom and daddy as they cry out? Can you hear those friends, grandma, grandpa, as they cry out? I'm telling you, church, if we would intercede on behalf of our loved ones, there's no telling what the mercy of God may spare them from today. There was not ten people righteous in Sodom. God had every right according to that deal and the covenant he made and the promise he gave to annihilate the whole deal. God didn't say just deliver Abraham, but God in his mercy went above and beyond what Abraham asked him to do and he delivered Lot and his wife and his girls. I'm telling you today, there's some folks here. I'm asking you, would you help magnify the mercy of God and pray and seek God's face on behalf of someone other than yourself? You'll stand to your feet this morning. God help us. Oh, God help us. God is asking you, child of God, who are you standing for? Who are you bowing for? Who are you praying over? Who are you seeking God's face about? Folks are coming. Trust in God. Oh, that God would spare our churches. Oh, that God would spare our country. Oh, that God would spare these that are sickly and our families. Oh, God. Lord, who am I to bow in your presence? I am but dust, and you're the Almighty. You're my creator. How dare I even speak to you or approach you? You're holy. Holy, holy, and I am but dust and sinful dust at that. But you sent your son, didn't you? (laughs) To die in my place. And you sent your word and your spirit and an old-fashioned preacher to warn me. And that night when I bowed, you saved me by your mercy and your grace and I praise you and now Lord I walk with you and I want to walk with you but God I've got someone on my heart Lord they're looking and they're leaning they have a love an admiration maybe even an affinity with the world God I'm asking you Would you pull them from it? God, would you lay your hand on their hand? That hand that died on Calvary. 
That hand that rose from the dead. That one that said, Behold my hands and my feet. You took them by the hand and moved them away from that city set for destruction. God, all have sinned and come show the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. Whosoever is a friend of the world is at enmity with God. Lot had set himself up in a place where the judgment of God was ready to fall on him. And Abraham prayed. And he sought God's face. And in mercy, (laughs) you set him free. Lord, today I have someone on my heart. And God, I'm asking you to lay hold of them. And God, you'd help them, Lord. And once they've been told to escape for thy life, get away from the world. Get away from this thinking. Get away from the world's thinking. Get away from the world's philosophy. Get away from the world's reasoning. Turn to the Word of God. Hear what Jesus has to say. Look not behind you. Don't go back to it. Don't long for it again. God, you're warning. (laughs) You're warning us. Thank you for your mercy. You could have just sent judgment, but you've warned us. And I praise you. And now, Lord, we're standing to look. And God, we look. God, would you extend mercy, I pray. And God, we're asking it. In Jesus' name, amen.